This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. This week, Australia, a country that had one of the toughest lockdowns in the world, announced that it is opening up to tourists starting later this month. Other countries have done the same. What about us? Is the travel advisory still necessary, along with the very stringent testing requirements for vaccinated travelers? I'm seeing trips advertised that are coming up very soon, uh, and they're being uh, touted or sold by some very reputable organizations. And I know lots of people on the move. Full disclosure, I'm thinking about it myself. What do you think? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free one. 1- 866-744-740. Now let's go to Martin Firestone, president of Travel Secure. Hi, Marty. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm well, thanks. So you think it's time to take the travel advisories off and we're uh, losing tourism bucks? <laughs> Wake up, Canada. That was the heading. Yes, we are losing tremendous tourism dollars, both in people traveling outside of the country and people coming inside to the country. And that is starting to be incredibly problematic with March break and summer 2022 on the horizon. Um, I was on an American website looking at what they have. So uh, they have us down as still level four do not travel. And most of the countries that you would want to go to at this time of year were the same. Level four, do not travel. Uh, I think Ecuador was a level three reconsider. So, uh, you know, the Americans are doing the same thing. Yeah, although we, we shouldn't have confused the level four from the World Health Organization, or I should say the CDC, is it different than the Canadian level three to avoid all non-essential travel or our level four? It, it seems a little stronger from the Canadian side when we hear that. They're just suggesting that the case counts in Canada are X. It's based on a formula. It's really nothing more than an advice model, and that's what they're suggesting. But it's by no means a mandate, and people are not necessarily following it. Who's kidding who? Uh, so, again, how are we losing money? I wouldn't think Canada is a big destination in March. A lot of people want to leave in March. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, travel became very difficult in the last couple of years. It wasn't just remember your passport. Who's kidding? Now it's the antigen test upon leaving. It's the PCR test 72 hours in advance before coming back. It's the random test potentially or the mandatory test if you're coming internationally. Arrive, can dock. Nothing is simple anymore. And that is causing people to be incredibly hesitant to travel. You know, uh, speaking of that random test, I have to say that Everybody I know that has gone away is selected for a random test. I think it's 80% of passengers are selected for a random test after their uh, negative PCR test to come home. Yeah, which seems like a very redundant step in light of all that's going on right now. And that's the one that really has to get out of the way first. Then the question is the antigen test heading out and the 72-hour negative test coming back. These things, forgetting the cost, range anywhere from free, as many people will tell you, up to 300 if you want it back in two hours, is really 
causing concern, especially with families. I mean, that could be five tests at that amount if, in fact, they had to do it. Well, and at this point, you have to find the test. You do. There are some cities and areas a little more remote where that test isn't so quick to find. Then there are others like Florida or Fort Lauderdale or Boca Raton where they're en masse at either a local drugstore or a clinic that's set up or a pop-up tent. So it's all about where you're going. And even then, you still run the risk of not getting results back in time. And then you're sitting at the airport with no test. And guess what? You're not getting on any plane. Uh, let's go to Jordan in Fort Erie. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. Go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. So I recently just came back in from the States. I have a girlfriend who lives over in Buffalo. And getting that 72-hour test has been really, really difficult. Uh, you know, you're looking at CVS or Walgreens or all those kinds of different places to try to get that test so that you can come back into the country. And if you're working on the next day, it's a little bit difficult to get that. So my question is, why don't they bring back that 72-hour, hey, you can go over into the States and come back without the test? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, so Marty. I'll just give you my two cents. That was that's That one, when it was enforced, didn't make a lot of sense because you were having the test you took in Canada that was still good for the 72 hours to come back. So, I mean, there were critics that argued, well, what was the point of that one? Because you could have theoretically picked up the virus in your stay there. So they took it away again. I think that is another one that's got to be taken away. Your your caller is, is 100% correct. Why don't they bring it back? Why don't they just get rid of it totally? We've got to get to the point where these restrictions are removed in totality. And, uh, you know, Jordan, you're talking about working the next day. So so here's the thing. If you're if you're coming back and you're planning on working the next day, but they select you, you've got to isolate till you get the result of that test. Right. So I'm very fortunate enough to be work from home. But if I was in a position where I wasn't work from home, and, you know, even if it comes back where it's positive, like, think of it this way. I'm taking the test on, you know, I went into the States on Saturday. I took the test on Saturday from Sunday to Monday. I could have picked up covid at any place that I'd gone to in the States, they only have that test for when I was there on Saturday and when I showed up to the pharmacy, not for Monday, Tuesday. I don't understand why they don't use those rapid antigen tests, like they're on site at the border, and delegate people accordingly to get the molecular test if they test positive on the rapid. Then you have the double testing capabilities. I don't know. It just seems like it's kind of a process. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I hear you. And, uh, yeah, it's making it easier for, uh, making it harder for you to see your girlfriend. Thanks for your call, Jordan. Thanks, Libby. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, it just makes it harder for everybody. It is just another thing and another level of expense. And never mind the expense at this point, uh, M- Marty, but, uh, you know, it's hard to get your hands on those tests. Very much so. And even filling out the Arrive Can document, you know, a lot of my, my uh, clientele is snowbirds. Honestly, they have to sit down and try to do this online on a, either a mobile phone, iPad, laptop. It's asking a lot for an 85-year-old to sit down and figure out how to do this Arrive Can doc. And let me tell you, if it's not done properly, not done accurately, and then you don't download your test results and do this and do that, they're not going anywhere. So it's got to ultimately, it's got to be taken out of the mix because it's just very confusing and causing people to really rethink their decisions to travel.
Mm-hmm. But again, uh, uh, how long before it actually hurts our industry? I mean, again, I don't think people are coming here for March break. No, it's it's hurting it big time. And our hope was that come spring or summer for sure that we'll be through all this. And I'm telling you one small point. These snowbirds that are all down in the U.S. right now, they are writing me to extend their current insurance coverage. They have no desire to come back. They have no desire to take PCR tests at the cost that there is. Get on an airplane flight, sit on a tarmac, then wait to get randomly tested here. So if anything, it's keeping the money out of our economy and down in the U.S. even longer than they had planned to be away. Really? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, do you think that it's, it seems to me that all this stuff is sort of constantly being uh, rethought. I mean, are you expecting it to change anytime soon? There've been a lot of people calling for it. Yeah. So I thought myself, it could be in the next couple of weeks or he would slowly remove layers. But now with this protest and all that's going on right now, I think if you look at it optically, it doesn't want to look like he's removing these things now because uh, our prime minister is being put under pressure to do that, if you know what I'm saying. So it's kind of actually hurt the cause in a roundabout way because maybe he won't do it as quick as he thought he was because he doesn't want to bow to pressure because of this. And that's a thought that I was thinking could be a real problem where it may take still more than they expected before they start removing any of these layers. And so, uh, finally, what's your advice to people uh, like me who are thinking of, you know, going away for a week to somewhere warm? Is is it going to be more trouble than it's worth? No, I think it's time we all get away, both mentally and so many other reasons. But I will tell you what's become a very important product now in your mix, and that's trip interruption. In case you test positive and have to quarantine and cannot get back on that plane to return home, you need some form of insurance to cover accommodations, expense, costs, and new airfare home. That is called interruption. It never was much before, but since COVID, it's become now a household name. So look into trip interruption as part of your overall insurance package when you do travel. And and approximately how much does it cost? Not a lot at all. It can be as little as $35, $40, $65, just to give you the peace of mind that if you couldn't get on that plane, you can then have... X amount towards, they do cap it, albeit, but it still is better than nothing, and it will pay a lot of the cost uh, of you having to stay the 11 days. Okay, anything else you want to leave us with? <laughs> Let's just hope that maybe in a month we talk again and the whole world is picked up again, restrictions removed, and people are traveling, and we're all smiling again. That's all I can say. Okay, Martin Firestone, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Libby, for having me. Take care. You too. And that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.